Welcome to the So Powerful Podcast. This is your host, Jan Cancilla. You know the sound of my sewing machine means it's time for another episode. So let's get started. I am excited to introduce you to an astute local businesswoman whom I've come to call friend and sometimes tennis partner. But it is Yolanda Steiger's role as the owner of a company called So Houston that brings her here. That and her generosity with So Powerful are two compelling reasons why you'll want to listen to today's podcast. If you sew and always dreamed of owning your own sewing-related business, you would want to design it, operate it exactly as Yolanda has done. From the layout of her shop, to her customer base, to her marketing, to her ability to pivot the business when needed, you are going to learn a lot from Yolanda today. And let's not forget her kindness to So Powerful. Stay tuned because we are going to cover all that and more. Good morning, Yolanda Steiger. Good morning. Hi, how are you today? I'm great, how are you? Great. Our listeners can't see, but I can. I can see that we're recording this and you are in your So Houston shop. Yes. So tell us about your business. What is So Houston? So I was a teacher for 10 years and I knew I felt comfortable in education and I wanted to start a business and I just thought I can teach, I can sew. I started researching and there was really not a fun modern sewing school in Houston and sewing schools in Houston are few and far between anyway. So I made sew to be a place where sewing is approachable. First timers can feel comfortable coming in and giving it a try, trying to make it as easy entry into the world of sewing as possible. Wow. And I know because you introduced my granddaughters to sewing and they still talk about the lessons that they learned there. So I love that. Yeah. Modern sewing for sure. So what is your background in sewing? How did you come to be an expert in the world of sewing? Well, my grandmother was a seamstress, just mostly for fun. She had this thing for making miniature couches. She made hundreds of them. (laughs) And So when I was little, I just went over there in the summer and she would just let me have at her sewing machine. I don't remember a lot of formal instruction. I remember more, here's the sewing machine, here's how you make it go, here's fabric, have fun. And so even today when I have camps, I always build in a little bit of time for free sewing because I feel like that's when you really learn, when it's just you and the machine trying things out. And that's how I learned and it's always stuck with me. Now, did you incorporate sewing in any of the activities you had when you were a teacher? I started my kind of incubator business at my middle school where I taught. We had a home ec classroom and there were sewing machines no one was using because a lot of home ec teachers don't know how to sew anymore. It's kind of falling off the curriculum. So my principal let me have an after school class with those machines and it took off really well. It was a lot of fun. People were coming up to me during my day saying, how do I get in that sewing class? And I just saw that really people want to learn to sew. I mean, it's kind of a thing everybody wants to know how to do. You never know when you're going to need to sew something. So my middle school was my incubator, but I really got more into teaching sewing once I opened sew. And when did you open? July of 2013. So I just had my seventh anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And did you open in the shop where you are now? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... 
For our listeners who can't see, I'd like you to describe the shop because it is a really fun place to go. It feels so relaxing. It's so modern, but so practical at the same time. So pretend I'm a customer. I've got my hand on the door handle and I'm walking in. What do I see? So the first thing you'll see is a little bit of a reception area. It's where I have a couple of bolts of fabric, usually between 20 and 30 bolts. I have thread, some notions, chairs, and I've got a table. And it's kind of where parents wait for their kids or where brothers or sisters wait on their iPads while their sibling is having a lesson. But also when I have parties, that serves as the reception area where the cake goes and the cups and all that kind of stuff. Then you come into the classroom. I have six sewing stations. They all face the wall, which in the beginning that was kind of a question everyone had, is it good to face the wall? But I've noticed over time, my students appreciate it because it kind of helps them concentrate. It's them and their machine and they have their own station and they're not worried about what everyone else is doing. So I've kept it that way. So six stations against the wall. I've got four big cutting tables. I've got a chalkboard, which really does come in handy sometimes because sewing is geometry and sometimes it helps to draw an example of what's going to happen. And then in the very back, I've got kind of storage. I've got my special stash back there. I keep stabilizers, projects we're working on are hanging back there. And I also have the bathroom back there. Okay. Now you mentioned parties. We can have a party at So Houston? Yes, we can have uh, all kinds of parties. I say I'm kind of like a Pinot's palette, but with fabric. You come in, you get your kit, and a lot of times things are marked and ready for you, and then they can just focus on the sewing. Sewing fear is really real, and a lot of people who come to parties are nervous. They think they're going to sew their finger, or they think they're going to leave with a mess. That never happens. So for a party, I try to just put people at ease as much as possible. So I wouldn't say parties are instructional, but they're not as instructional as a class. Because in a class, you'll go from the very beginning cutting your fabric. From a party, usually that part will be done for you, and you can just get to the sewing, just the fabric handling part. Who has these parties? A lot of adults. I've had bridal showers, baby showers. Baby showers are fun because we can all make a little baby blanket or a little set with burp cloths. I have a lot of birthday parties. I do for any age, but the most popular age group is probably 11 to 13. They'll come bring their friends and we'll make something of the girls choosing. I mean, the possibilities are endless. I had one girl who was really into France. So for hers, we made little berets. And I had a group of gymnasts who travel around. So for them, we made some little travel toiletry bags for when they go on their competitions. So it can be really customized towards the guest or guest of honor. Oh, that sounds so much fun. Now, you also mentioned camps. So break this down because you have different kinds of camps, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, camps are my most popular thing. Summer is my busiest time of year. I have a fashion camp where we'll make a garment from a pattern. That usually takes all week because usually it's a dress or a romp or something in depth. That's for people with a little experience who've been here before. That's fashion camp. And then I have just a summer fun camp where we make an array of things, maybe a bucket hat, maybe a beach towel bag, just kind of a sample of all kinds of small projects. And then I have dollhouse camp which is a really fun camp I've just added last year. And it is kind of an engineering camp where we design miniature furniture, we make couches, we make all kinds of accessories, sew curtains, bedding. So it's a little bit of an engineering camp with a sewing element to it. 
And is there an actual dollhouse involved? Yes, there is an actual dollhouse involved. It comes with the price of the class. And it's an Ikea bookshelf that is also a dollhouse. Oh, how fun. How fun mm -hmm. is that? And your grandmother's experience making miniature couches yes. or sofas? I keep meaning to channel her energy and make some couches, but I haven't made them in her style yet. She okay. used to make them kind of big and the top would open and sometimes the top would be a pin cushion. So I haven't reached her level yet, but she was a master at it. Okay. And so for people in other parts of the country or world, a couch is also a name for a sofa, right? Mm -hmm. and, yes. and in some places, I think it's even called a Davenport, but okay. So oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think that's an older term, but it might also be a European term. Okay. So we have parties and camps and classes. Now tell us about classes. So classes are generally a la carte. I don't really have a big semester where they come in and have a series of classes. I focus it. You come in, you learn the skill you want, and then you can take another class. So the intro class is my most popular. That's intro to sewing. That's where most people come who've never sewn before, never seen a sewing machine, and they learn the basics, right sides together, things like that. And they make a tote bag. And then I have other classes. If you want to learn to put in a zipper, you can come to a pillow class. If you want to learn garments, I have intro to garment making. And then I go up from there. When it gets more technical than the intro, a lot of times it's private lesson or just a very small group, two, maybe three people, if we're really going to get into fit and the technical side. But most of my classes are kind of an overview because I'm the place where beginners come. And do you do other kind of work? Yes, I do occasionally do Seamstress for Hire. And you were mentioning how I pivot my business. Uh, I'll just talk about Seamstress for Hire for a second. So a lot of times people come in and you just never know what you're going to get. I have small business owners. I have inventors come in a lot asking for help with a prototype. I mean, just really interesting. There are so many businesses out there that need sewing and so many prototypes that need to be sewn. And so I get a lot of that and that's just, you never know what that's going to be. I do work for a few designers making their pillow covers and I get a lot of requests for people to either sew for them or help them sew the new cushions for their RVs. That's kind of a popular thing, especially right now, everyone wants to redo their outdoor patio furniture. So I've got a lot of requests for that and I like sewing that. In the intro, I did talk about pivoting your business. So yes. as we record this, we're <laughs> somewhere in the middle end, who knows, of the COVID situation. And so back in March, what was happening to your business yes. and what did you do by April? So that was probably my most lucrative pivot was to switch to mask making. In the beginning, everyone needed a mask. There weren't any to be found. So I started taking orders and then they just started coming in fast and furious. In the end, I made probably close to a thousand masks and it started off small, a trickle, and then it just became this flood. And I had to enlist the help of friends and family. You, thank you so much for coming in and helping me. You were the first one to help me get my process together. Then my aunt came, then another client came another day. And that was a really good boon to my business because at that time, everyone was canceling. No one wanted to come in. None of us knew what was going on. So the only way I had to make money was by sewing, which was a, a great a skill to fall back on at the time. So uh, I made masks. I did a little bit of upholstery work for people, but mostly it was the mask that really helped me keep my business alive this summer. And are you still making the masks? Yeah, orders are still coming in because now it's kind of a fashion thing. People need masks to go with various outfits. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, people are still coming in and people sometimes want their masks just for their personality. I had a fabric the other day with beer bottles a man had to have. So it's just people like to, you know, show their personality with their masks. So the orders are still coming in. Well, I'll give you a tip. I interviewed one of our friends from England and the new trend over there is to have a coordinating drawstring bag to carry your masks in as you go out so that you can switch them out during the day. So um, yeah, so that could be a camper class is to make your mask and matching bag. And so many of my soul girls, while we're on the topic of masks, so many of my soul girls have gone on to make masks. I have a Girl Scout who's getting her silver award. She's made hundreds of masks and sold them and then donated the proceeds to the fire department, to a homeless shelter. And I've gotten a lot of messages from girls who haven't been here in years, whose mothers have told me that they're making masks now. And that just makes me so happy. Uh, In the very beginning, I put out a call and said, please, anyone who can sew, let's start making masks. I'll help you. I'll do what I can. And a lot of people took me up on that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a really proud moment to see a little small army of sewists out there helping with the mask effort in the beginning. Yeah, I remember that. Nobody knew where they were going to get a mask. And yes. suddenly those of us who could sew became very popular people, didn't yes. we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you find new customers? Where did um, they come from? So in the very beginning of my business, I got some great advice. And someone told me, never pay for advertising. When you're new, your first thought is, how are people going to find out about me? If you're good, people will talk about you. If people come have a great experience, they're going to tell their friends. They're going to post a Google review. And that's how I grow my business. No advertising. I do kind of participate in community events. There's a homeschool open house that I go to every year. I've been to some art festivals in the area and just put up a booth showing people that I'm here. But I never do any kind of ads in magazines or, you know, local papers. But there is a local paper in SciFair, the SciFair Impact. Mm -hmm. And they are really great about supporting small business. I just called them in the very beginning and said, hey, I've opened this sewing school. They said, great, we'll come do an article on you. And I got a nice feature and I got a lot of business from that right in the very beginning. And that didn't cost me a dime. Well, and and I have to tell you, they've featured so powerful in there before. Mm -hmm. Why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, we're going to talk about Yolanda's role and support of So Powerful and how So Houston has been instrumental in that in our local community. Have you gotten the second edition of the We Are So Powerful book? This updated version of the original bestseller, 4.9 out of 5 stars, by the way, is again authored by So Powerful co-founders Jason and Cinnamon Miles. It is available on Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle reader. This latest edition is packed full of moving stories about how So Powerful came to be, the volunteers who make it happen, and the way this small movement has grown into a global mission to break the cycle of poverty through education and the dignity of work. And don't forget, When you place your order, if you use smile.amazon.com and designate So Powerful as your preferred charity, Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase right back to So Powerful. And now back to our podcast. 
Welcome back. We are talking with Yolanda Steiger, who is the owner of Sew Houston, and she's been telling us about her modern sewing company and who she trains and all the different offerings her company has for the local community. Yolanda, about a year ago, you opened up the doors to Sew Houston to so powerful. That's that's a lot of so's in one sentence there. <laughs> and we hosted a sew-a-thon and leading up to that, we were able to be on one of the local lifestyle TV shows called Great Day Houston. We had a lot of publicity. We had flyers up in storefront windows. We had prizes. We had people registering. Tell us about that day from your perspective. Well, you are a master event planner. That is your niche. You got people from far and wide, donating purses, coming in to sew, and it was just a great event. It was a lot of fun. I think everyone had a good time. We made 60 purses that day, and I was very happy to do it. And I, I did get clients from that who've been back since. Oh, is that so, right? Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Oh, that's One cool. of the ladies who helped me during the mask making learned about me during that So Powerful event. She oh, was cool. here for that. Well, and you know, we had people who had never sewn before. Mm-hmm. Their very first project was a purse for So Powerful. Yes. We had very experienced sewing people came in to contribute. One of the interesting people that came in was a middle school young man, and he made two purses during that event. So That's right. We, I remember. We, we had everybody. So, you know, I got to see you firsthand guiding people through their first sewing experience. Tell us a little bit about your philosophy and maybe how you applied that to making those purses for So Powerful. Sure. I believe you learn by doing, not by receiving a lecture. I've heard of other people taking sewing classes where it starts off and here's the presser foot and here's the tension dial and here's the, and people feel overwhelmed like they need to remember all these parts to get started in sewing. But I feel like Get in there, learn how to sew your line, and then everything else will start to fall into place. You'll understand more what the presser foot does once you've actually used it and not just talked about it in theory. So I believe jump in there, get started. Sometimes maybe make it a little miniature so you can kind of get your head wrapped around the process first. I believe in starting, learning by doing, not being overwhelmed with information right off the bat. And what is your philosophy about perfection? Perfection comes with time. I'm not a fan of perfectionism. I'm not a perfectionist and I'm more of a practice makes perfect person. So perfectionism, I feel, does halt a lot of sewers in their process. I told you before of a lady who had started a pretty simple shirt and she'd been working on it for a year and she just could not get it perfect enough for her. She kept taking it apart, trying again, taking it apart, trying again. And she was so frustrated. And my philosophy on that is if she would have finished that first one, In the course of a year, she could have probably been on her fifth one by now, and the perfection would have come. But she kept stopping and not letting herself learn more beyond that point. So I feel perfectionism is not a good trait in any creative endeavor, really. You have to allow yourself time to learn, time to be a beginner, and understand it, and then you can perfect it. And I also want to talk about a couple of other things you've done for So Powerful, besides our Sewathon Day. You have donated untold hundreds of yards of webbing that go into purse kits. Just before COVID, we were making purse kits and they were available for donation at 
typically at quilt shows or other places where So Powerful would have a, a presence to talk to people. But you have donated so much webbing. Tell us about that webbing. Well, I am very lucky to receive a lot of donations from the community. With a name like So Houston, I come up quick on a Google search. People contact me when they have excess things. And that was a donation. So I was able just to pass that along to you. On the donations topic, I had one lady who was going to start a sewing school and she had five little Elnas. No, maybe six little Elnas. And no, wait, 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 back up. Elnas are? Uh, little sewing machines. The, okay. it, Elnas aren't always little, but the ones that she gave me were very little. They were called an Elna Lotus. They were kind of like the featherweight of Elna's, a portable small machine. Okay. Her school never came to fruition, so she donated them to me so that I could choose six recipients to receive the machines. That was one of the best gifts I have ever gotten. It was so nice to be able to say, oh, this person could really use this machine. Or, I mean, and the people who received them are just all different, and that's just the most fun. I'm so happy that I can receive these donations and pass them along to other sewers you know, and it's just a very nice gift. I also want to talk about another donation that you made to So Powerful, and that was the donation of time and space. So I think it was maybe in January of this year, and we had an event coming up in February. This is, of course, before everything was closed down. And I needed to cut out a lot of purse kits. And, you know, to have to cut out a lot of anything at home is challenging. Yes. But I'm looking over your right shoulder there, and I can see two cutting tables. And how many cutting tables do you have? Four. You have four. Mm -hmm. So I called up Yolanda and said, could I borrow one of your cutting tables? And so I think I came in while we were working in the shop. And you use your cutting machine and that introduced me to the cutting machine. And so um, so Powerful is going to have a cutting machine soon Good. for the different fabrics because So Powerful gets a lot of direct donations of fabric as well. So yeah. you inspired all of that. And I just want you to know that what you did is going to touch thousands of girls in Zambia because wow. of your generosity of time and space um, has sparked an idea and made other things possible down that the line. That is so great. When yeah. I was envisioning so before it existed, I wanted it to be a place where sewers could get together, share ideas, spend time together. So these so powerful events and other charity events we've done after the flood, making toiletry bags for the community. Those are really a dream come true for me. That's really why I started So to be kind of a place where other seamstresses could get together and help the community and have fun and make new friends. And that's just everything I wanted for So. So when you came to me with the opportunity for So Powerful, it was a no brainer. It was a definite yes. So, and the electric rotary cutter is definitely a game changer. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I know that. <laughs> Thanks to you, I know that. So what do you see on the horizon for you and for your business? Well, as you know, I have a bed and breakfast in Fredericksburg, Texas, and I have visions of starting sewing retreats there. We're not quite ready. We need one more building, like a tiny house. So in the future, I would love to host sewing retreats there. Maybe in seven to 10 years, we'll move to Fredericksburg and I'll start the Fredericksburg Sewing Company and have kind of a second business from sew. But for the future, I would like to get back to regular classes again. Right now, I am suffering a bit like all small businesses. The desire is there, the clients are there, but due to social distancing, I can only have three in the shop at once. 
So that's obviously half the money I normally would due to COVID. So in the future, I look forward to getting back to business as usual, hopefully, seeing a full class of students again and back to parties. Those aren't really happening right now. So I look forward to just getting back to usual and having more sewing classes and more charity events too. Oh, cool. And do you have any advice for someone who might be thinking of starting their own sewing business? I say, if you're thinking of starting a sewing related business, you have it in your heart, you have a desire to do it, just do it. Don't wait around, just get started. Take baby steps, don't overcomplicate it. Just jump in there and get started however you can. Maybe start teaching classes at a community center. Or if your desire is to make things for, to sell, then maybe start making things to sell, but start donating them first, just to get your feet kind of wet. So I say start, don't be afraid. The business that you're thinking about starting, gonna start, that's the business you're not starting. I read a couple of really good books in the beginning when I was thinking about starting my business. And one was, You'd have to be crazy to start a business. And that's where I got the uh, idea of just do it, just start. That's the probably hardest step. And another book that I read when I was first starting out was, I believe it was called Raving Fans. And it was about how your business will grow if you provide a good service and you give people a good experience with you. Your business is going to grow. <laughs> It sounds like your business philosophy and your learning to sew philosophy are very similar. No, that's true. I do believe in just getting in there and getting started. <laughs> well, absolutely. Well, fantastic. Yolanda, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you. And I'm sure our listeners, especially those who might be toying with the idea of starting a business, have been very inspired by you. And we want to thank you for all you have done for So Powerful and you're not off the hook. You're <laughs> we're, when things get back to normal, we're going to have another event at your fantastic shop. So I look forward to more. And I have two things I'd like to add. If anyone does have any questions about starting a sewing business, I'm always happy to help. They can reach me, Sew Houston, on Facebook, Instagram, or just Google. And I'm always looking for another sewing tennis partner, too. So if anybody in the Houston area wants to play tennis and talk about sewing, I'm there. All right. All right. All right. Thank you so much for your time. And we will talk with you soon. Thank you so much. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. If what you've heard today inspires you to want to make a difference, I urge you to explore the So Powerful website at www.sopowerful.org. That's S-E-W-P-O-W-E-R-F-U-L dot O-R-G. The website has great information about the organization. It's where you can download the free purse patterns or even make a donation. We hope you will join us again next week when we bring you another So Powerful Story. Thanks for listening. Now go out and have a So Powerful Day.